The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the speaker. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice from your own physician. Thank you for joining us on our NAS podcast series where we're talking about interventional spine practices and anecdotes from physicians who have practiced in the field with great advice to share. This is Renee Rosati, and today's guest is Dr. Dave O'Brien, who is Associate Professor of Orthopedics at Wake Forest. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, it's good to be here. I appreciate uh, the invite, Renee. So we're at the NAS meeting, and we are going to talk about motor or sensory stimulation for radiofrequency ablation. Now, I was reading the SIS guidelines book, and Nicholas Bogdok mentions that um, you don't necessarily need to do motor or sensory stim, but something I've noticed in fellowship and residency is all of my attendings do motor stim, and some of them do the sensory stim, but, you know, why do people do it if the guidelines say it's not necessary? Um. Well, I started doing these back in the mid-90s, and the training back then was to do sensory and motor stim, and that was probably actually before the guidelines came out. But they are just guidelines, and guidelines are not necessarily a legal um, definition of how to do something or not do something. They're just a guideline. And in the United States, maybe a little different than where Nick's from in Australia. But I think people that do these procedures over a number of years, uh, looking under fluoroscopy where the needle's placed, is, you know, you get pretty confident that you're in the right place. And unless you don't, then you shouldn't be doing them. But in the United States, heaven forbid there was a nerve root injury or complication and you did not do motor stem, I think that would be a a huge liability. Um, So in my practice, if I was just doing it myself, I'd always do motor stem. I don't necessarily do sensory stem um, because if you stimulate anything, they'll feel it. But from a teaching standpoint, I do do sensory stem occasionally just to show the fellows um, because if you don't, if you do sensory stem and they don't feel anything at all, then why would you be on a nerve? They should feel it. So I think it's good from a practice standpoint and teaching standpoint to do sensory stem just to see if your needle uh, under fluoroscopy corresponds with what they're feeling when you stimulate. But from a liability standpoint and a patient safety standpoint, doing motor stem is something I would advise. I always do it. Uh, there've been some rare cases where I've actually, um, place the needle in a proper location and it's not even close to the frame and, and I've had some people have some fasciculations legs pretty rare maybe one out of a few hundred cases whether that's some kind of weird synaptic uh, feedback uh, to the nerve root uh, I don't know <clears throat> but uh, I think it's important to ask if they have any ridiculous symptoms down their leg look and feel for fasciculations make sure you're not near the nerve root um, a lot of these courses where you teach the anatomy is like perfect. And these are like young people. In reality, we're, most of my patients were doing this on our Medicare population. They have severe disc space narrowing. They sometimes have huge hypertrophic facet joints. They have degenerative scoliosis. So it's hard to necessarily get the proper views under lateral. Um, sometimes the C-arm and the patient position, you can't get a perfect view. So you have to learn how to look at different views and rotate the C-arm to make sure you're on the facet joint on the side you're lesioning and so forth. So I think there's a lot of factors, but as the anatomy gets more complex, I think it's reassuring when you do motor stem to make sure you're not having any ridiculous symptoms down the leg. Well, thank you so much. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. This has been Dave O'Brien. He's been a NAS fellowship director for the Interventional Spine Fellowship for many years, and uh, he has wonderful advice to share. So thank you for joining us.